Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Yes, sir. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? Hello, everyone. Have we got all our cries out yet? End of the 2021 season? No, I'll be uh, crying. Yeah, terrible. Wasn't crying. More was laughing by the end of it and just utter shock. Utter shock indeed. Yeah. I know. I, I just kept reminding myself at halftime, at the end of the third quarter, I'm like, if you told me this in August, I would have been okay with it. I just really wish. They stopped saying this was a historic performance by the opponent. I was like, can you stop saying that? And they just kept scoring touchdowns. It just would not stop. Yeah. Miserable. It's tough. I mean, if you can't stop the opponent one time, you're not going to beat anyone ever. Uh, You could be playing against a high school defense. And if, you know what I mean? If they stop you one time on on offense, you still haven't stopped them any times on, on defense. And it was an embarrassing, embarrassing game. Basically, the worst. Game plan and performance I've seen under Belichick. It looked like, really to me, they didn't want to be there. They didn't know their jobs. Just so few positives to take from the game. Um, a major issue to me looked like, really, defensive coaching. And I have mm-hmm. serious questions about whether or not the players respect, respect Steve Belichick, who, you know, after week four, week five, they were saying he was calling the plays. And then they went on that win streak, and it made me feel like, okay, maybe maybe Belichick's calling the plays now. I don't know. Then after the bye, we came out, it felt like maybe they gave Steve the job back. And I, this is my theory, but it, feel, it felt like to me that the players didn't respond. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that uh, analysis there. Something something happened after the bye. You know, we went into the bye steaming. You think we were coming out. Usually we come out of the bye throwing haymakers around that time, you know, especially the late byes when we're doing good going into it. We came out of it. And something was off. The defense, as you were saying, has been the story of it. Uh, I don't think Mac Jones has had a great run, but I really wouldn't put a lot on him. Um, you know, especially in this past game, I thought he was actually a bright spot. He kept trying to play, and he was trying to make plays, and he was making some plays. So it's tough conditions. The defense was atrocious, um, as you already stated, why they were atrocious. It was the most vanilla defense I've seen from us in a long time in any game, never mind a playoff game. We didn't really – I didn't see a lot of adjust, adjustments being made at all. Um, we kept a standard 4-3 rotation with the two tackles, not much rotation from the ends. It was Van Noy and um, Judon lined up, and they were both – You know, Van Noy really didn't do much. Judon looks like he's just hurt. I mean, you look at his change of direction speed. I've heard rumors he broke his ribs. No one's saying anything. His change of direction speed is not as fast as it was earlier in the year. I don't care what anyone says. Like I saw he is looks like he is hustling as much as he can and he just can't get there before he did. Um stayed in easy zone that they just picked apart, ran upon you know, the the linebacker spy in the zone did fucking nothing. We barely spit sent any pressure. It was like we expected yeah. Josh Allen to blow the game and he continually kicked our ass and when he didn't blow the game and like, you know, the whole, oh, sit back and let them make the mistake. Well, then they didn't make the mistake. And it's like, okay, now what? Well, we don't look like we have anything. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah. We were caught like, with our fucking dicks in our hands. It felt like they were looking <laughs> for the, the Bills to give them a chance in the game. And the Bills played nearly flawlessly. Uh, they were ready to go. They were fired up. Like they, could, Right. You could pick it up. You could pick it, the defense apart from an individual perspective. But at the end of the day, if no one's making plays, 
to me, that looks a lot more like coaching. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's just nothing positive to take away from that. The vanilla defense was brutal. Just horrendous to watch. Uh, they're, they're sitting back in zone defense, so everybody's Horrible. got their eyes on Josh Allen, so he can't run too much. However, they're also playing super soft so that uh, we, we can't really stop the run. If we can shut down the run, then maybe that, that opens up some pressures in the passing game. But then they're also, on top of that... Uh, like barely rushing him. They're doing the contain rush, which, which is a staple of Bill Belichick defense, which is fine. But if you combine that contain rush with a soft zone coverage where you're never, ever covering the flats and all Josh Allen has to do is sit back there for five seconds, Brutal. dump it off to Isaiah McKenzie in the flat, and he runs for a first down, you're like, you literally can't stop them at all. I mean, their their yards per play was astronomical. Josh Allen had a nearly perfect QBR and QB rating, five touchdowns, yeah. obviously the seven touchdowns on consecutive drives. Uh, going into this game, one of the things we said was you have to, have to, have to get the lead early. Absolutely have and, to do it. Yeah. They win the toss and they defer. And I'm like, mother, like learn, learn a okay. little bit of something. Literally. It's, you know, it's like the, it's five degrees out. Half your team hasn't played in that weather. Your quarterback hasn't played in the wet, your, that weather. You need to go out there, throw a fucking trick play at them immediately. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they needed to do, and they didn't do it. And it drives me fucking crazy. And the thing, like you said about the defense, you know, they never switched it up. We all know all throughout this year, Josh Allen, if you leave him with no pressure, he picks you apart. If you send pressure from different ways... That's how he un, unravels. That's how he lost to these terrible teams like the Jags. It's ridiculous that we don't, you know, we never changed it up. It's almost yeah. like we went into the game scared on defense, and the players knew it, and they were like, "Well, fuck this! Like this is a this is a scared ass game plan, and like I, I'm I'm not buying in. You know what I mean? It's like, well, what the hell is this? Like you knew they were they were doing this, and everyone got pissed. I I, I can understand it. The thing is. It's, it's no secret what the Bills wanted to do. And we talked about everything we talked about, not falling behind early, um, maybe taking the ball to start the game, stopping Josh Allen on the run, um, getting some pressure so he doesn't have all day, containing Stephon Diggs. Every single thing we talked about last week is exactly what they did to us. And the Patriots had nothing for it, didn't want to be there. No answer. Looked like it was too cold for them. Like they just were ready for the offseason. And to me, that's coaching. You didn't get your guys up to play. And, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and I don't know what's going on with that defense, but. People uh, here are saying it's a talent issue. I mean, you know, we lost Jalen Mills. I get it. You know, a couple of guys are banged up. But, you know, you lose the game. Fine. We got we got blown out of the stadium. That was our 50 worst. Or 60. They could have hung up. They tried to hang up a lot. They did. It could have probably been more. But, yeah, like. We weren't even. It wasn't even close. We have the talent to at least make it a close game against them. I believe, but you know, I I, I agree. And just looking up and down the roster, I mean, and you look at what we did this this year from a defensive aspect. We were number two in points scored against. So I mean, if you told me this is a number two defense and I hadn't watched them play all year, I would have said you you're out of your you're out of your mind. Crazy. You know, missed tackles galore, dude. Uh, McCordy. Hightower, uh, J.C. Jackson was absolutely garbage. Joan Williams, um, oh my God, man, just everyone. There's no, there's yeah. no positives. And then we lost Jawan <laughs> Bentley, uh, <clears throat> Dietrich Wise, and Larry Guy are out there just, just standing around, uh, just 
just being bodies. Uh, I just there's nothing positive. Kyle Duggar's playing with a with a, a huge club you know, club on his hand. Um, I kind of give him a pass, but uh, God. Yeah, what do you say? It was it was miserable, and yeah. So from the jump, the the Bills get the ball. They go down, score a touchdown. They only have one third down on that drive. Coincidentally, they were six of seven on third downs this whole game. They only faced seven third downs. Crazy. Uh, they were playing Canadian football up and down the field. Six of six in the red zone. The Bills were so they score the the opening touchdown, and then the Patriots. It seemed like initially they had a pretty good plan uh, offensively. They they drove it well. Mac looked pretty good. They had reasonable balance uh, between running and passing on that first possession. Yeah. He throws it up to the left corner of the end zone, which I thought was a, a good shot to take. We, we yeah. knew that, that they had to push we those safeties. To take a shot. We, we had to push the safeties away from the <clears> line of scrimmage, and they did. And then Micah Hyde just made an incredible play. And then from there, it was straight downhill. Bills get the ball yeah. back, touchdown, 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 right down our throats. Uh, yeah, it was total misery. I think misery. Aguilar needed to make more of a play on that. I mean, I know it's tough, but... He was trying like, to let go the ball and, come to him yeah go up and get that bro you know there's two guys right there you see him on you i mean i thought it was a pretty good throw by mac i mean everyone's saying eh, it could have been six inches this way or that way but it was a great defensive play yeah. it was a great defensive play yeah uh even if he didn't pick it off he was going to break it up if it was six inches in a different direction and then yeah defensively we we touched on a bunch of these things matthew judon did not play much he played about 90 percent of the snaps over the season and then this this game he was not doing uh that level of workload uche winovich those guys were were basically absent from the game winovich has been absent the entire year but uche is a guy that brings athleticism they didn't want him out there the i don't judon, understand it the judon thing's a head scratcher because he was he's our best. Hurt, he was our best defensive player of the whole year. Maybe it's a buying thing. I think he's hurt. He looked hurt when I saw him on those couple of plays when the and someone got the edge on him and he was chasing after him. It's like he looked slow. It's like he was fucking hurting to move. Yeah. And they're not saying anything and no one's saying anything. But I don't know. I, I, something happened to him. That's a microcosm but, of the whole defense. Is everybody right. looked? They looked slow. They looked slow. hurt. They looked lackadaisical. What's the deal with Winovich and Uchi? Wasn't Winovich a healthy scratch? Not in this game. Oh, no, he played? was he was playing, but he, he didn't play much. Played like two snaps, maybe. Uh, I don't. I don't like, why aren't part. those guys the fast guys out there? You know, maybe doing the QB spy and blitzing. What's going on? They don't like them. They just why? the coaching staff doesn't like them. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I can understand Winovich. He's an outspoken guy. This, that, and the other thing. I mean, he's had some good good games. He had a good season. Was rookie year or whatever it was. Second year, maybe. What's the problem with Uche? Right. Uche, Uche looks good when he's on the fucking field. Maybe they don't know where to put him or they don't like he's out of place or something, but it's like, the dude's 6'4", 250 pounds, your usual linebacker. He's fast. He's long. Why is Dietrich Wise on the field instead of him? Why is a hurt Jamie Collins or Kyle Van Noy on the field instead Why of him? Why is Judon? Why is Judon playing? If Judon's not right, put Uche there. That's exactly what Uche can do. You know, and I don't know what the deal is. I mean, I feel like we he should be good. There's no reason he shouldn't be good. I 100% agree with that. Every time I see Uche on the field, I feel like he flashes, whether or not, you know, he gets... He makes a difference. I think my, my biggest problem right now is you don't have a defensive end or a linebacker that can actually contain the rush. It gets outside and forget it. It's, it's a 10, 20-yard play, and it happens all the time. All the time with this team. Um... You don't have Godshaw and Barmore playing over the A-gaps like you should, which I don't get. If you're going to run a 4-3, 
plug up that A-gap. There's no one that should be able to run over those two guys. Yeah. Um, and you have big linebackers. There's no reason with Uche, or, or I'm sorry, Barmore and Godshaw and Hightower and Bentley and Van Noy that people should be able to run through the middle of the field. And and they just they can run whatever they want. I don't know. They did whatever they on. wanted. They did whatever they wanted. Inside, outside, fucking. I think backside. it's like in the. Uh, so you said we were the number two ranked defense, and it's like point scoring you, wise, yeah. Point scoring wise, but if you take out the, um, you know, uh, the last five games, including this playoff game. So after the bye, including the Jags game, they like sunk to like thirty first defense in the league, ranked point scoring. They were one of the worst team against the rush. They let up like 700 yards in five games or something. They were like, they were, it was a different defense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shadow of the defense. It felt something like... fucking happened at the bye week. I don't know what, I don't it's... know how big, but something changed. Yeah. It's pretty bizarre. You look b- before the bye week, the scores that we gave up defensively 6.70013.10. After the bye Some week, of those... after the bye week, 27.33.10.33.47. Massive, massive difference between the yeah. two. This team used to go into the bye week, come out of it stronger. They would get stronger through the course of the season. The last three years, there has been something different. They were, I think they were like 10-0 and in 2019, 8-0. I don't know. They, they had a, a long unbeaten record to start the 2019 season, Tom Brady's last season here. They fell off the cliff. Uh, a lot of that had to do with injuries. I know Edelman got hurt. The offensive line was in shambles. Same thing happened last year. They looked pretty good, and then Cam Newton looked horrific, and then things went downhill in a hurry. Same thing this year. Came out of the bye week, lose four out of five games. At that point, we were nine and nine and four, and then we lose yeah. four out of five games. We were we were on. If you think about it now, we were on track for home field advantage. If we basically won three of the last four, right? Is that what it was? We would have we would have had it. If we, we had go, won, if we won three of those last four of the regular first, season. The regular season, so you could have dropped one, could which dropped. we all thought was completely legitimate based on the way they were playing. Yeah, yeah, they had a chance, they had a chance, and they fell off a cliff. Crazy. Yeah, I'm just looking back. I, I I feel like it was the Saints game where the defense just looked terrible, um, and then I feel Houston like that was, too. Yeah, Houston, and then, those two weeks, garbage. I mean, against Houston, we still only allowed 22 at the end of the day. The Cowboys game was tough, but I really felt like they were they were playing hard, they were trying, they were. The, the effort was there. The Chargers game, we did pretty well. Panthers, obviously, it's a bad offense. Browns, we did well, allowed seven. Shut out the Falcons, 13 against the Titans. Beat the Bills, and then after after that bye week, I just, it's like a, it definitely feels like something happened, and I feel like it's got something to do with Steve Belichick. It could. Co- coaching is really an interesting point. Uh, there is no defensive coordinator on this team. There's no single single person to point to. Steve Belichick does call the defensive signals, at least it appears so. Uh, and at the same time, Gerard Mayo is getting interest in head coaching vacancies, which is really peculiar when you look at the performance. He's a linebackers coach. This linebackers group look atrocious over the last month. It's, it's, it's a good really, point. Yeah, it's really weird. He's a linebackers coach, but Steve Belichick is listed as the outside linebackers coach. So really, what is Gerard Mayo coaching? He's coaching Hightower and Bentley, like literally. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> also, you know? I'm huge Gerard Mayo supporter. Love that dude. But it's it's a weird thing to say that this guy who's been on the staff for just a couple of years would be already getting head coach consideration after 
the unit that he is overseeing is performing so poorly. Yeah, and like it's not like our defense was great. I mean, our defense might have statistically been all right last year, but it wasn't overall great. You know, it's not one of those defenses that is coming together at the end of the year, which is usually what gets people hired. Like Flores, his his defense was fucking insane when he was here. The 2018 that was, defense the 2018 that absolutely defense. stoned the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he knew what he was doing. I like Mayo too. Like you said, I don't really know. It's kind of tough to see like what's going on between those two coaches and what they're doing, you know, individually or what they're running. And I, you know, maybe that's and I've heard this, or you know, rumor a little bit. Maybe that's part of the problem. Is there's, you know, there's a push and pull between the two of them. Maybe they're not seeing eye to eye. And if they're both kind of co-running the defense or both have big parts, they're not seeing eye to eye. Then how are the you know how the player is going to take to that, and it's like some of these guys played with Mayo, so obviously they're going to favor him versus so, the coach's son versus, versus the, boss's the fucking son. coach's ton <laughs> son. You might say, hey, this is fucking nepotism, and you might not feel good yeah. about that anyway. So, you know, in, in Steve Belichick, it's not like he's. I mean, I'm not throwing a lot at him, but like, you know, what has he actually done? He's been on the staff for what four years, five years, legitimately. You know, he's been in the building for probably most of his life, but. So, I think I think yeah. we all know someone that's gotten or, or whatever through nepotism. I'm 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 that I'm that guy that you know my my brother got me to do what I'm doing now. Well, and I don't a, know. I wouldn't put that in the same category. It's not the same category, but I'm just just hear me out. I think that it's not like Harry is your boss and constantly keeping you around. Whoa. you suck. Don't go dropping right? names. So sorry, I shouldn't be when dropping names. I first names. got into what I'm doing now, which is what but, my brother does. Yeah, he got me in. It was a, a respect thing. Like, you needed to earn your place there. You know what I mean? Right. So when the coach's son comes in, I feel like there's a lot of, um, hey, you're just here because of, of your dad. Right. And and they need to see you work hard. They need to see you earn your stripes. And I could see, It'd be... I could totally see just being from that perspective, like, hey, fuck this guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And well, he's I mean, already being put in charge of shit. So it's for like, you, it would be more like if your dad was the, one of the top bosses and you, he put you as like the gaff, you know, yeah, gaffer absolutely. every time. Yeah. Okay. So, and you were making, but you weren't good at it or you didn't necessarily know, you know, who knows what Steve Belichick's doing. I mean, based on that offense or defense, if him, Mayo, whoever had anything to do with that, it's yeah. like, at what the, the end, fuck was that? At the end of the day, to use one of Gerard Mayo's favorite references or favorite phrases, Bill Belichick is responsible for the product that goes put out on the field, and he signs off, guaranteed he signs off, and nobody can dispute this, on the defensive game plan. That defensive game plan should have gone right in the garbage. What we were all saying, and I think was pretty apparent to anybody that's paying attention, is that there was a talent gap that showed up in the last meeting between these two teams. The Bills have way more talent than the Patriots do. And so what you can't do in that situation is go out and play a vanilla game plan and think that somehow the talent gap isn't going to manifest itself on the field. Right. Like you need to out scheme them. And they didn't <clears throat> do that at all. They didn't even try to do that. They didn't even put. They went the opposite way. They went the other way. They played like a preseason game plan where it's like, oh, don't show anything. Don't show anything. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing with it? Like the 4 3 zone defense. You know, and it's not like we don't gener- – I know we've been running a lot of zone, but I feel like we haven't just been running that straight-up defense to any success. It's not like we've come in there and like, oh, okay, you know, we've been slaughtering teams with this look. No, we've been fucking getting destroyed. We needed some some fire. My thing is that 
I, I look at the Bills and I say, okay, they're clearly more talented. They have a lot more uh, weaponry on their roster. They have really good. They've been drafting well. Uh, all over their team, they've been drafting well. Yeah. But this is the number two points scored against defense in the league. And I've seen less talented defenses under Bill Belichick play harder than this. You know, it was it, it was an effort thing for me. And that's where I can't forgive that. You know, like you got to come out and play hard. Whether, I mean, some of these guys, they're playing for, for deals. Some of these guys are expiring. Yeah. You know, you're going to put that product, you're going to put that tape on, on, on the field. I just don't. I feel like there's something going on behind the scenes, and we probably haven't heard the last of it. Yeah. Yep. As I texted you guys, Seth Wickersham is working on a twenty thousand yeah, word piece about this. I'm sure that we'll see in eighteen months, and it'll explain everything. Not that I actually believe what that guy has to say. We'll have one interesting sentence in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this was among the uh, the wild card weekend games, which were almost universally terrible. Like it was, it was kind of shocking how bad these games were. And we, we kind of knew it going in. We were like Vegas and Cincinnati. That could be interesting. And it turned out it was, uh, New England Buffalo, we thought would be a lot closer than it turned out to be. The Philly Tampa Bay game was over right as it started. Same thing for Casey and Pittsburgh. One of the surprising ones was that Arizona just didn't even show up to play against the Rams. Did they have like negative offensive yardage going into the third quarter? I mean, it was horrific. Yeah, it was what they were down fourteen nothing at their own four or whatever, and Kyler Murray throws just gets hit, tries to th- just throw it up, and it's picked off for a pick six. And that was it's like, oh my god, what happened to this team? That's a team that you know I don't know what's going on there, but Ryan, that was your pick, man. That was my pick. You good? Look at that pick, huh? Hey, never again, <laughs> never again will I put any kind of fucking stock into Cliff Kingsbury. Those guys didn't even want to be there. Um, I know you're missing DeAndre Hopkins, but to look like that on offense, I don't understand. There's so much, there's so much talent on that team, on in every level. You know, offensive line's decent. Um, you got you got a couple tight ends there that can play. You got receivers. I don't care if you're missing DeAndre Hopkins. You got two. You got both your running backs healthy for the first time in weeks, and I think you had negative yardage in the first half. Um, it's a strong. It should be a strong defense. I know Buda Baker got hurt. Um, and, and I wasn't expecting to see Cam Akers. I don't know if I missed that. That was an incredible comeback by him. Yeah. Less than so, six was, months on an Achilles. Yeah. So you got an give Achilles him injury? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a freak. Wow, I'm surprised they didn't IR him for the season, too. I, I would have figured they, they would have. I thought they did, but well, I these guess IRs not. are weird now, aren't they? These yeah, you guys... can take people on and off, it seems like. They've made yeah. it easier, which is nice. I'm happy they have. So happy. If a guy gets healthy, you should be able to bring him back somehow. I mean... Yeah, right. I, it doesn't make any sense that that yeah. they would want to keep they would want to put the teams in position where they would have to make a decision about saying goodbye for the full year to some of their Literally. best players. You want to put especially, the best players on the field as long as they're healthy. Yeah, it took COVID, COVID to fucking though. change it. Yeah, especially during this COVID shit where you, you got guys coming in and off the roster. That's why they did it, but they should have done it earlier. I mean, it's it's definitely nice. I feel like that's the biggest change the NFL's made that I thought was like. 100 percent great great job yeah, it should be a never usually that on board a four week and eight week and a season you know what i, I mean? think it's That's, just three weeks now it's, it's just three, three weeks. weeks it's it's universal except universal, i think okay. unless it happens in the summer before they set the final roster that's the last one yeah it's basically you have so many roster spots you want to fill it with this guy who's coming back great it's like awesome yeah 
fuck wasn't that before? Yeah. So the Rams looked gangbusters on Monday night. I do not trust them one bit going forward. No. Why would you? That's so inconsistent. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I cannot trust that team. <clears throat> and then the really the the best game of the weekend, San Francisco at Dallas. And basically everybody called this. It became the trendy underdog pick to take San Francisco. Yeah. They end up going out to a, a pretty decent lead uh, in the first half, really through the first three quarters. And then Jimmy Garoppolo just looked weird. He just looked weird in the fourth quarter. He starts missing passes. He starts throwing uh, over people's heads, one of which wound up in an interception. And then Dallas has a chance late in the game. Yeah. They actually had two chances at the end of the game. But then on their final they drive, started less than two They minutes, started getting him a little bit. Getting to Jimmy? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, what would you guys think about the QB sneak play call with 14 Dumbest seconds to go? thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> screaming at the TV like, what are they doing? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's got to be 14 seconds left. That's plenty of time to run two plays to the end zone because you only That's need it. one second left on the clock to run that second play. So yep. no plays are taking more than 12 seconds. I think Josh Allen threw a touchdown pass uh, against the Patriots, the first one to Dawson Knox, the mistake touchdown pass, which was the longest. Uh, it was like the longest time before releasing the ball. 9.64 seconds, the longest time to throw the ball in the last three years recorded. For a touchdown pass. <laughs> For a touchdown pass. Exactly. What are we doing? So. What are we doing? So the, with 14 seconds on the clock, the Cowboys can certainly get an end zone shot inside of 13 seconds. And re- oh, for sure. retain one second on the clock, do it two times. Two times, you double your probability of converting that. And instead, they, they try to pick up 10 quick yards. Yeah, I don't know what... The, I mean, it's amazing to me, too, that they're, like, blaming the refs that the ref didn't get the... It's like the, you have to hand the ball to the ref every play. It's not like anything changed. Like, what yeah, are you, I think like, what are you doing? Were... What, what are you even bitching about? They were upset or something because the the ref bumped into the center and, and got kind of involved in that handoff. It's like, why are you putting this second. on the ref? You know these guys aren't young. I think it was just a terrible fucking play call. They should own up to it. I knew as they were running it, it's like he has to go down. Like, he cannot keep running. I know they're getting yards here, but, like, you want to give him better position for a Hail Mary. I understand that. But for him to get, like, a 20-yard run and get your offensive line down there set up and a spike it's like you are you are really playing with fire there and they it burned them they it burned them completely it's like i don't hate the play call that they wanted to get 10 or 15 easy yards it's that they clearly weren't prepared for it they didn't have a timeout to be like okay guys everyone sprint up to wherever dak is make sure the ball gets to the ref we're all freaking the fuck out not knowing what was going on it was exactly what dallas does exactly what mike mccarthy is known for he has brought his green bay vibe to dallas which did not need it they already had their own vibe of blowing games um so they deserve it it was a shit call you took my point right there with mike mccarthy (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say that's pretty standard uh yeah i i think a a play before that or two plays he's blaming the refs too two plays before that they had a they had a nice little screen pass um, to Ezekiel Elliott, and I don't know what the fuck that guy was doing. He like fell asleep, didn't catch the ball. It was an easy catch. He would have gotten out of bounds and everything, stopped the clock. Yeah, and just totally, I don't know. That guy's that guy looks like a bonehead. Yeah. Well, also 14 penalties in the game. That goes right back to coaching. Uh, Connor Williams, their their left guard, I think led the NFL in penalties this year. He's a free agent. Let's see how much he gets paid. Uh, Mike McCarthy doing Mike McCarthy things. Everything we expected to happen. 
Let's don't take anything away from the Niners, though. They came out to play, man. They look pretty sharp for the most for the most part. Yeah, the Niners, man, they're built well. They're yeah. getting healthy. They're getting, getting healthy. unhealthy with Nick Bosa and uh, Warner both getting carted, basically carted off. Oh, that's right. I oh, forgot about Nick yeah. Bosa. Those are their two best defensive players. Right. <laughs> Warner almost got back in the game. Uh, it, it looked like he was in a lot of distress with his ankle. In, but uh, Bosa, man. Bosa's probably out. Bosa is a game changer, man. I'm just looking at that. Every time he gets such a push, you got to Yeah, he's a, he's a freak. It's like Miles Garrett. Him, those two guys, man, you got to account for them all the time. TJ yeah, Watts Nick Bosa's a complete game changer. That yeah. must really bug Joey Bosa because he had so much hype. And he was he's so, good. He's, he's good really too. he's really good, but Nick Bosa's better. Let's yeah, be Nick honest. Yeah, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's like a freak. He's better. It's like he can't be stopped. Yeah, dude, that, that's crazy that they're brothers and they're that good. I mean, the Watts. The too, Watts, you know? man. Something about brothers. brothers. Those edge players. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, that and that really wraps it up for the good games this weekend. I mean, Vegas and Cincinnati was was entertaining. Derek Carr and company had a chance to tie it up at the end of that game. They were kind of screwed over by the refs with that errant whistle that happened yeah. uh, on the Cincinnati touchdown pass. And then Jerome Boger got immediately demoted after the game. They're like, he will not be working next weekend. Like, really? Okay, good. Yeah. What is what is with the the premature whistles? Yeah, you have like, replay. You have all this shit to go back and check and make sure you didn't make a mistake. Yeah, the whistle will play dead while the ball's in the air. It's like it's the yips. Be... It's the yips in the referee realm. Mickey Mouse shit. It feels like the NBA sometimes. I feel like we're encroaching on that territory. We have so many rules now and so many things that can um, change a game. Change a game, really? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's unfortunate, man. You hate to see it. You don't know what's a foul and what's not a foul. I think we're getting into this weird territory where, like, oh, you, I saw a guy hit someone with the shoulder this week. I can't remember what game it was. Hit someone with the shoulder, beautiful hit. Um, lay him out, and I was just waiting for the flag, and I'm like, thank God there was no flag because I'm, I'm just getting used to that, you know? You just get used mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, there was a, a play. I don't know how much of the Rams-Cardinals game you guys watched, but there was Kyler Murray connected with A.J. Green just coming out of the end zone. It was like a 30-yard play. It was a, their best play of the game. Uh, and then he gets hit, the ball comes out. They have a six-minute, no joke, documented six-minute conference on the field. They're talking to New York, everything. They're not giving any indications about whether they're ruling it a catch or a fumble. No indication whatsoever. It takes six minutes before they're like, yeah, it's a catch. And then immediately Sean McVay challenges it, and they overturn it. I'm like, in six minutes with the guys <laughs> on the phone that are watching the replays, you still that. couldn't Thank get God. it right? Yeah. I was screaming at the TV. I'm like, Sean McVay, don't challenge it. They were just clearly conferencing the same people they'll be conferencing. And then he challenges it and he and, wins. And he wins. I was Unbelievable. Like, wow, this is so bad. Uh, okay, so now we're down to eight teams going into next week. And these should be much better games. We'll, uh, uh -huh. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. So in the AFC, we got Cincinnati and Tennessee. And that is the least uh, market marketable game, most likely. Yeah. Uh, because it, really just because it doesn't have an established quarterback who's on commercials. Really, that's that's what it comes down to in terms of marketability. But Cincinnati-Tennessee, I think it's going to be a really fun game. Uh, Jamar Chase is incredible. Joey Burrow looks great. Tennessee is starting to rush the passer, which is going to be a real problem for that Cincy offensive line. And then mm -hmm. we could see the return of Derrick Henry, and they might have this two-headed, six-foot-four-inch each running back monster in Tennessee. Yeah. 
So I, I'm actually really excited for this game, more so than a bunch of the other ones that people are probably more hyped about. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. I mean, I'm excited for all of them. I think this is cool because there's a lot of new names, as you were kind of just alluding to. Uh, if, you know, I know Tennessee's getting really healthy. You mentioned Derrick Henry. I know it's more, more time for the receivers to get better, too, that have been so banged up. If Henry comes back in form, I think he could tear through the playoffs. Like, this is what they've been waiting for hoping for but last year or i think it was last year it didn't work for him so we'll see yeah two years yeah. ago it did when they beat the the ravens right okay so we'll see what he comes back to but i mean i think i'm most looking forward to the next game yeah the saturday night game green but bay see, <clears throat> the uh, the Bengals have one of the better run defenses in the league i think they're top five um oh. so that's going to be a really interesting game um because that's what the titans want to do you know they want to run against you uh receiving wise i mean the Bengals. They can be passed on, for sure. They can so. definitely be passed on. But then you got Ryan Tannehill throwing those passes. Exactly. That's true. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's got to step up. This is his game. And I, when I look at it from that perspective, just uh, when Tennessee has the ball, they got to go play action, right? I mean, set up mm-hmm. the run, make them think they're running, and, and hit Julio and AJ. They've had, a, they've had a week now to get healthy. We saw them on the field week 17, and... I'm just looking for the for the Titans to try to do that. I, I don't know who I want in this, but I guess I picked the Titans, so I'm I'm gonna go with the Titans. Yeah, I well I know th- the next AFC game, which is the last game of the weekend, Buffalo at Kansas City. It's gonna be outstanding. I mean, it, it really should be outstanding, given the way that Kansas City's progressed towards the end of the year mm-hmm. and the way that Buffalo looked last week in particular, and really for the last month. Uh, that game. See which be, Josh Allen shows up. Yeah, huh? that that game's going to be tremendous. One thing you can definitely say is that uh, Kansas City is going to throw some wrinkles on defense. They like to blitz. They like to blitz in uh, unusual circumstances. They'll throw people from all over the place, and they have some. I mean, Chris Jones is an absolute monster. Obviously, they have Frank Clark as well. Uh, so they got some seriously disruptive people on defense. That is going to do exactly what we hoped that the Patriots would try to do against the Bills, but. Uh, all things being equal, I would like for both of these teams to lose. So for the Bengals and Titans game, I just want whichever team is going to beat one of those, which Tennessee has already done to both yeah. of those teams this this year. So I'm going to root for Tennessee. But what do you guys think about Buffalo KC? Yeah, like I said, I mean, it really depends on who, which Josh Allen shows up. I think if Josh Allen from that played the Patriots these past two times shows up, Kansas City's going to have a hard time with them. I think it's going to be high friggin' scoring unless the weather is really bad. Um it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be who ends up with the ball last. I feel like one of those types of games to drive down and if they can do it. I, I, I'm i leaning Buffalo. I think Buffalo could go on a run here. Kansas City, you know, they kicked the crap out of the Steelers as they already did this year. But now they're, it's been a while, I feel like, since they've, they've really played an awesome team and won. You know, they lost to Cincinnati late in the year. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it comes down to pass defense. And for me, the Bills' pass defense is miles ahead of the Chiefs' defense. Yes. Um, Chiefs' defense is awful against the pass. Bills is number one in the league. Um, so I'm looking for the Bills to, to to win this game. I think, you know, Josh Allen's playing out of his mind right now. You could easily say he's one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen play in the NFL. Um, the way he runs the ball, and, I mean, if you give him time, he'll pick you apart. He's, you know, we've I've heard – JJ, you kind of down him a lot of times, but I mean, at this point, you can't really take it. <laughs> no, I can't anymore. Well, I mean, it's a, it's odd. He's had really bad games this year, but he's he has, been on a pretty good stretch. I mean, pretty good stretch recently. He's had a good stretch recently. He looks good, man. I mean, for me, he's 
if he's right, he's an he's an NFL MVP caliber player. Yeah, I mean, so is Mahomes, but I'm just looking at the past defense here, and I think that's the difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. two of the top uh, most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen in that game. One thing I'm really looking for anybody to solve, not specifically the Bills, but for the love of God, could somebody stop these shovel passes that the Chiefs throw on the goal line? I mean, it's every fucking time they're throwing these underhand shovel passes, and it's like, will somebody wake up and realize they're doing this shit? Yeah. Every goddamn time. That's the other thing I hate about the Chiefs. I, I hate the Mahomes arrogance. I'm going to no-look throw this interception right here. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't stand that shit, man. You know? <laughs> I'm not even going to watch this interception be completed to the defense. Yeah. Get That's your funny. fucking brother out of here. Okay, and then in the NFC, JJ was just alluding to this. San Francisco going to Green Bay in another one of these great 90s rivalry matchups. Uh, yep. Shades of Terrell Owens. Catching the ball across the middle against Brett Favre's Packers, preventing them from going to a third straight Super Bowl. Uh, so San Fran going to Green Bay at a night game in Wisconsin in January. How are we feeling? I mean, Green Bay should win. They are definitely the favorite of the playoff. Their offense has been really good. Apparently they they could get some really big um, defensive players back. I think Jar, Jari Alexander is one of them, supposedly coming back. Um Wait, what is his name? What's his name? Just Jari Alexander. No. <laughs> Try again. No. Jari. <laughs> what? Jari. Jair. Jair Alexander. Jair. Yeah, that's his name. Okay. There you go. There we go. He's coming back. So there is. It's their game to lose. But if I think if you look at the track record of San Francisco going into Green Bay, as you said, Granny, uh, in Aaron Rodgers' playoff career, it's like he's zero and three against them. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. They they upset him a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's tough losing your two best defensive players and, and going to Green Bay and playing in that cold. I want San Francisco to win that game so badly, but if if Green Bay's healthy and they're performing the way they do, especially at home, that's a tough place to play. Uh, Lambeau in the cold. I got I got to go Packers. I want to go 49ers. I'm going to go Packers in that week. Yeah, yeah. I think, the, I think it, it's going to keep hurting Rogers' legacy if he can't keep you know consistently get to the Super Bowl or get to another Super Bowl, you know? Well, he'll just leave. He'll just leave. Start his legacy somewhere else. He's getting old, man. At he State Farm headquarters. Yeah. Or perhaps in, Burb- yeah, in Burbank hosting a game show. Uh, and then the last game of the weekend, Los Angeles Rams coming off a big win on Monday night. Short week for them. Should be noted. Short week. Uh, yeah. Going to Tampa. Cross-country flight. I mean, all those things could be factored in if I was I would go early. But they're going to be facing... Tampa Bay team who is, you know, they're solidified right now in terms of the the players that they have on the field. Mike Evans is playing at an extremely high level, but they are without Godwin and Antonio Brown for obvious reasons. Brady looked really good last week. Tristan Wirfs, their right tackle, is is going to be out. They're, they're getting some people back on defense. Tampa Bay is, but they're going to be playing outside in, in some level of humidity after all that travel for the Rams and, and coming off their biggest win of the year. The Rams had beat the the Bucks earlier in the season. Yeah. So they, they beat have, them pretty handedly. They have that track record and they they beat the living crap out of them. Oh no, the Chiefs did. I've been thinking of a different game from last year. So it, it could be a challenge for the Buccaneers and I, I think this is a game where if if the Buccaneers defense really handles the Rams offense, Todd Bowles has to be a shoe in for a head coach. I thought he was a shoe in last year. I couldn't believe nobody picked him up. I know, right? He deserves another chance, but I kind of agree with you. I feel like T- Tampa Bay, you know, obviously it's Brady. You know, I'm always rooting for him. 
But they're on kind of shaky ground. They've lost a lot of guys. Like you said, their left tackle's dealing with some stuff. Uh, right they tackle. don't have right tackle, sorry. They don't have the weapons, um, you know, as they normally do, as they did in their playoff run last year. Uh, they're th- Brady's now throwing to, like, several nobodies, which, you know, is tough. It's tough for him to will all these people to wins all the time, and they're kind of, you know, running out of steam there. So we'll see what happens. Like you said, the Rams took care of them early in the year. I mean, the Rams Rams got a lot of talent. If they can play a complete game, I feel like they would win. But can't bet against Brady. Yeah, you know, I'm not looking at the Bucs. It's just like, it's Tom Brady. Okay, he's got some no-name receivers now because all of his guys are hurt except for Mike Evans and, and Gronkowski. How is he going to do it with no-name receivers? We've talked about this so many times. I know, but those guys aren't catching the ball too well. No, but I still, at home, Tampa Bay. He should win. I, I just feel like Brady's going to find a way. It's what he does all the time. Um, the Rams, I mean, I know they beat him early in the season. What was it, 34-27, something like that? 34-something. It's fairly yeah, close. Um, I don't know, man. I just have a good feeling about Tom Brady in the playoffs, believe it or not. And uh, I think he's going to pull this one out. Yeah, the Rams have really been relying on their running game. And Vita Vey is back at this point. And you Ooh. got you just got to think Tampa's going to put together that run defense again. They certainly did last weekend. Everybody knew that the Eagles were going to try to run the ball, and they couldn't do shit on the ground. So if, if they're able to do that again and really contain Cam Akers and Sony Michelle and turn Matthew Stafford into a sitting duck back there, they're going to tee off. Shaq Barrett's back now, too. So they're, yeah. their yeah. defense is rounding in. One thing I would say in. about the Bucks offensively is they, they, they haven't been able to run against the Rams previously this season. They couldn't run on them at all. But they had a lot more weapons there. They were able to put up some points. Um, yeah, it isn't um, both their top running backs are out. Yeah, and and the Rams are getting healthy. They got Cam Makers back. That's a good game. These are all good games. These are good, all games. good games. Much yeah. better than last week. Yeah, hundred percent. And also, do you guys see Aaron Donald try to choke out DJ Humphreys on the Cardinals on Monday night? I missed I don't it. Think I saw that. He, he uh, So Aaron Donald gets into a fight with the the right tackle or left tackle for the Cardinals, DJ Humphreys, and knocks his helmet off and then is reaching for him. And good thing Aaron Donald's only like 5'11", because he couldn't quite reach his neck, but he was he almost got in there and was trying to choke him. And then right afterwards, he throws a left haymaker and uh, connected kind of a little bit, but he threw a punch. And for some reason, everyone's just ignoring it. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that it's, didn't It's like, happen. oh, when, when you get to a certain class of player, they're just like, oh, it's all right. Oh, a punch? No, no, no. That was just, uh, he was waving with a closed fist. Jesus uh, you know, meanwhile, Kyle Duggar and, and uh, Michael Pittman get, you know, kicked out of the game for a nothing, in my opinion, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Michael Pittman gets kicked out of the game for losing a fight that he picked. Sucks yeah. Sucks to suck. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know how many arguments I've had with Colts fans on YouTube <laughs> about that? <laughs> are you like, the guy in the comment section i'm the guy in the comment section with 20 comments just arguing with this Colts fan oh <laughs> my god dude he was holding oh my goodness <laughs> wow and that you you should follow that guy's channel he probably makes reaction videos can you believe this guy said this you know i've been doing this with Colts fans for 20 years now i you know it never stops well they're easy to pick on those guys flying banners for being like divisional second place Literally. They don't have fans. They don't have a lot. They don't have a lot of fans. So the ones that are on there that are crowd that aren't like a artificial crowd noise, <laughs> they try to be as loud as they can to compensate for their. Because there would be all Patriots fans in, in there if they didn't have that. 
Yeah, it's got to be hard for people in Indianapolis to cheer at the game as they're just shoveling corn dog after corn dog Ugh. into their top hatch. Fucking tubs of lard. <laughs> All right, we just denigrated an entire city, if not a whole state <laughs> or region. Who knows? Uh, can you tell that we're distracting from the fact that our team just got knocked out of the playoffs and their season's over and we got to look at two of our rivals playing each other uh, and moving towards a potential championship? But, uh, yeah. You know, at, at this point, you got to feel like with the rookie quarterback making the playoffs, they showed that, that uh, graphic during the game where it's only happened like four times in the last 10 years. Yeah. So you got to feel good about that part. Uh, there's a lot of questions going into the offseason. Obviously, our, our defense feels like it was exposed. There's a lot of older players yeah. that may not have bright futures with this team. There's not that much cap space. There's a few question marks. Uh, but we can get more into some free agent questions in the off season in terms of who stays, who goes, who do we add? Uh, one thing that is for certain, we need to have another draft like we had last year where you pick yes. up a Barmore, a Mac Jones or a Mondre Stevenson right. and uh, have potential several to... contributors. Yeah, exactly. So th- yeah. that thing needs to continue and potential. I mean, it was our first time without Nick Casario in a long time. Yeah. Who knows? And, yeah. And our, our GM is being, was it Ziegler? Dave Ziegler. Yeah. He's being shopped around for other GM jobs, so it's it's time to look inward. And I know we haven't been doing that well in the drafts the last shit. It's been a while. I know we had this good draft last year, um, where we got four legitimate players. Um, <clears throat> a lot of guys that didn't play. We got Cam McGrone and some of these other guys coming in next year. Trey Nixon. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys carrying over to next year. But with McCordy and Hightower expiring. Um, some of these other guys with contracts that they haven't lived up to. Van Noy had, you know, some good games. Uh, Lawrence Guy, we gave four years, and he's into one year of it. Um, Dietrich Wise, same thing. Yeah, I see. I feel like you're going to see a lot of restructures coming up. Van Noy is a good one. You might see it from Wise just from looking at, you know, what money is designated where. I feel like John U. Smith, something fucking ha- – I mean, he's making – his base salary is nine million this year. He's a thirteen point seven, you know, thirteen million seven hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit. It's like, oh my god. I think I think that's that one is of those absurd. Things. Nelson yep. Aguilar's fifteen cap hit. It's like, holy shit! You guys got to figure something out with this. Well, if you cut if you cut Aguilar, I think you have to pay him nine. If you um, trade him somehow, I think you free up five five million. Um, we yeah. have thirty million dollars in cap space. We could, we'll get into this all, I'm sure, later on. Um, but I really think offensively, you need a number one wide receiver, a legit number one wide receiver. There's mm-hmm. guys on the market. Devontae Adams is expiring. Michael Thomas, potential trade candidate. Calvin Ridley, same thing. Um, I sent you guys a, a tweet from Evan Lazar that said that when the Patriots were picking Isaiah Wynn, it was between him and Calvin Ridley. Oh, yeah, uh, so, the, so they definitely like him. Is he right? Uh, there's a lot of receivers out there in the draft. Yeah, he's not. Ridley's not too expensive. I think he's like 11 million right now. Worth every penny if he could play. But I think John Smith, you just gotta kind of find a way to use him. But watching this last game with the Bills, I mean, he was defense, defense is, I mean, gotta be oh, the priority. Yeah. Down, Absolutely. You know. Yeah, so, they got. They got some pieces leaving. I can see, you know, I don't know about you, Granny. Devin McCourty might be gone. Dante Hightower might be gone. They might not be re-signed. I feel like our safety room 
with Adrian Phillips and um, Duggar is sol- you know, solid. And I'd like to see Mills be able to play safety. I know we've been playing him quarterback all year. Hmm. We we brought him on board because he was flexible, but mainly as a safety. I so, like the, the Phillips and, and uh, Duggar dynamic, but I feel like they're a little bit redundant. Um, well, that's where safety- I feel like Mills comes in. I feel like he's a built for a free safety role. Like he would be a good free safety. You know, maybe get a little depth behind them, but really focus on cornerback, some kind of linebacker and DN position, or even another D tackle. You know, anywhere on defense outside of safeties. But we'll draft a safety in the second. We'll trade down to the second <laughs> round, draft a safety, and you know, he might be redundant. Yeah. So well, well we've now locked up the twenty-first pick in the draft, which we've done very well in the past. I think we got shit. Uh, was it Will Hightower Fork. or Chandler Jones? We got a Will Fork and Chan Jones. That's that's not a bad little history right there. I like it. We you do know, also only have like what is it? We only have like five picks this year, six picks. We I don't have five a... picks, and it's uh, we might get some comp- uh, compensatory if we lose Gerard Mayo to another team. Um, oh, and we're getting compensatory is... picks for other stuff. Shouldn't we get one for Brady and stuff like that? No, it was two years ago. That was two years ago. Well, they we won some guys last year, right? They won on the biggest free agent spending spree last year. They're not getting oh, yeah. any compensatory picks. It, it balances out how much money, money is leaving and how much money stays. That's how right, they balance right. that out. I think J.C. Jackson's an obvious franchise tag. I think that's probably $18 million. So you have Either $12 keep million him or left. trade him. I don't care what you do. I don't know what you do, but he did not look good in that Bills game, and you've got to make a decision there. Um, and if you don't bring him back, you have a huge hole at corner. Yeah. Uh, you got to do something there. Safety. I mean, we got to get faster on defense, one way or the other, because that—that's. I mean, that looks slow as shit. It's apparent. It's apparent. We need to get <laughs> faster. Indeed, it is. A lot of question marks. There's. We got several months coming up <clears throat> to figure out what what we think our internal plan is, and then we'll make sure that winds its way up onto Bill Belichick's desk, so he knows what these three idiots think should happen with that team. Um, yeah, I think successful season they made the playoffs mac jones is good he's good he's good he's good it was successful it was a successful season mac jones is is good he's not great he's good Uh, i think he he's got a lot you know everyone's saying oh he's not tom brady he's not this he's not that it's like you know if you come into the nfl and you can take hits and the moment's not too big for you and you have a you you know decent arm and decent head on your shoulders which i think is everything mac has I think that's great, and if he can basically how good he's going to be. Everyone says he's reached his ceiling. Well, your ceiling is how much you're willing to work. So if this dude's willing to put in a ton of work, Brady got a lot bigger, more filled out as he went on. His arm got extremely better. Yeah, I right. feel like, you know, I mean, everyone's like, oh, well, Tom Brady came in with a rocket arm. It's like, did he? No, he did Tom Brady had a good arm, and his arm got ex- like 20 times better 10 years later. You know what I mean? That is like, wild, isn't he it? Got it's so, so crazy. Many- his his awareness in the pocket got like went from being okay to like the best of all time for everything. I mean, you could call it. So if Max willing to put in the work, which it seems like he is, he seems like a hard fucking working kid. He's tough. I feel like he can improve a lot, and that's what you hope for. Get him you in know? the weight room. Yeah, I think it's tough though. I mean, you say that, and you're comparing him to Tom Brady. Well, I, I just I'm comparing him to other quarterbacks. Like you see all these quarterbacks come in the league, and it's like, oh, that's what they are, and everyone just expects them to be that. Like if you can follow the obviously the Patriots know the program. Hey, we can develop long term guys, and they're pretty good at developing these. Right. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo has done well. Jacoby Brissett's now a long term backup. 
Matt Castle was a starter backup. Brian Horter's been a you know they know how to bring guys along through their program, and I think Matt has Mac has more potential than any of these guys in the la- that we brought in the last five or ten years. Some of them have done pretty good, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm ha- I think he's got a bright future. I, I think I, it's, I really do. it's definitely a good starting point for sure. Um, but I really think if you can't get this fucking thing together defensively, if you can't if you can't show up in a playoff game, then we got other problems that are more pressing yeah. um okay and get it. It, you know what i mean like defensively for me that's where it starts and ends i don't want to hear too much about offense this season this offseason i feel like okay get a number one wide receiver in here and i don't want to talk about any other position <laughs> like you know what i'm saying yeah i mean uh, i'd maybe get a tackle yeah maybe if isaiah win is uh is not someone you want to bring i think he's 10 million well, yeah trent brown a, trent brown is technically a you know, your other tackle's technically out. So unless Heron gone. can step up and be the guy, I don't know. You might need to fill some. You know, there's, oh, there's a, a couple things on offense, on but nothing too, big. Yeah. You know, really. Harrison's number... gone. So I think on Wenu. I don't know about that. Well, he basically said goodbye to the, the town of Rentham. I uh, heard that, but you never know. I mean, guys, remember when friggin' uh, Gilmore, the first time we thought he was gone, put his house up and then ended up playing the rest of the season and eventually left? Yeah, same but... thing happened to Brady. Same thing happened to Brady. Yeah, that, that happens. So. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you got some big decisions to make with some guys that have been huge contributors for the last ten years, McCordy and Hightower. And it, I can see one of them coming back at a discount deal, but I feel like Hightower might be done. I think Hightower's done. I think Hightower's done, but McCordy got fourteen million for this year. Yeah, am I right in saying that fourteen million for this year? Something like that. I mean, I don't think he's gonna get anywhere close to that money. He well, that's that's on the like, cap. On the cap, he on did the cap, not play like a fourteen million dollar cap it no but they they pushed because his cap numbers were like five million the last couple years they pushed it up he's actually on the cap for the next three years the way they actually i'm excited to get into this though with free agency and and uh draft you know your your a day is the draft 100 percent. yeah i love it it's gonna be a lot of fun here over the next couple months and we'll see who's disgruntled who's on the trading block i'm Uh, disgruntled All right. Mine's disgruntled and on the training board. Yeah, we'll work to get you gruntled by the end of this. Okay. Thank you all for listening. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks for tuning in through the the whole 2021 season. We're happy about it. There's there's still uh, still room for improvement here, but uh, appreciate the the support. So we will be back with you in the next week or two. We'll see about that. What do you guys think? Yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait. All right. See y'all later. Adios.